Welcome to Everyday Animism, a weekly podcast exploring all things animism, particularly how animism impacts everyday life. The podcast is hosted by Kelly Harrell, Brandis Schnabel, and Janet Roper. Let's dive in. Hello, Janet. Uh-uh. Oh, I thought if I said hello, Dang. Janet, it would be her. Good to see me. <laughs> I'm so happy to see you. For oh, I'm so happy to see you too. <laughs> for the third take. I know, but you know. Please let Janet arrive. She'll be here. She'll be here. You know, it did that for me in between the second and third takes. I don't know what. Janet! Hey there! Could it be? I don't know what was going on, but I made it. I'm glad you made it. Welcome. Thank you. Welcome. We need to make an offering to Voxer. Wait, I already made my offering. Like this time last year <laughs> I think maybe that's coming. something I need to do since I've been the one having the techie problems the past few weeks well we were saying in a in a failed take that maybe you need an altar for the for your for your right relationship with the internet you know not a bad idea <laughs> actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. so uh, welcome, everyone. We are finally all in the same uh, interwebs space. And tomorrow, we are recording on the 30th, and it, this will hopefully go up on the 30th. Um, tomorrow is, tomorrow-ish, right? Is Samhain? Ish, yeah, it, it's the calendar Samhain, but it's mm-hmm. not the astrological Samhain. Mm-hmm. Um, which I have been thinking of a lot recently um in terms of this i always think of it as the start of the dead time like the time the latter half of autumn going into like winter solstice the first day of quote first day of winter i realize that's all very relative these days yeah and always really i mean yeah but we thought we would uh talk about Samhain or the dead time or october 31st or halloween whichever yeah, it's there's a lot going that. on. A lot of cultural observations this time of year. Mm-hmm. I mean, Day of the Dead mm-hmm. in Southern American traditions. Um, Alpha Bloat is the Old Norse tradition. It was it revolved around the uh, the elves. Again, deep death connection there. Mm-hmm. And, and um, what's the Polish one? I don't know. I'm still uh, hanging. I'm still hung up on that. It sounds like you said alpha bloat. That's it. Yeah. Well, I mean, that that's the Norse one. And then it, there's a Polish one that or like Slavic regional one that is Diady, something along those lines. And it's it's again re- referencing the ancestors. It translates to something about the grandfathers, the, the former grandfathers. Mm-hmm. So, again, big ancestor emphasis everywhere. Why might that be? And then on top of that, we have all, what is it? What did the Christians do with it? All Saints Day? All Saints Day. Yeah, that was their original um, overlay. And then and then Halloween. they did that to usurp the pagan traditions. Mm-hmm. I think lots of pagan traditions, not just any particular uh, regional. And then that just kind of transformed into Halloween mm-hmm. the day before. Which that's, that's a big favorite. transformation. 
it is a big transformation. This is, this is, this is my time. This is the time of year that I feel the most alive. And I, I think fall is key, but, but we're of course not having a fall this year. There's that, mm-hmm. but just historically, there's something about shifting into this darkness. And I don't know about the whole veil thing, but it, it just feels so right for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know it, this is typically described as like a time when the veil is very thin between, you know, us and the dead and all that. But I it's I don't ever really experience it quite that way. No. But this time of year does really resonate. I think I used to. There there used to be these sensations of, oh wow, I'm closer to something now than un- under my normal awareness. But I would say over the last 12 years it's just all thin to me it's all thin all the time and this time of year I just get to um have the darkness to come with it what I like about Samhain is that it puts the official stamp of the days getting shorter um, because they've been getting shorter so quickly here and it's just incredible and I keep thinking no I can't do it it's not Samhain yet but now that Samhain is you know coming up Either tomorrow or what is it? November 7th? Is that the mm-hmm. astrological one, Kelly? It is. Okay. Yeah. So now that that's inside, it's like, okay, it's okay for the um, days to get shorter and I can rest easily now. I can go into a hibern- hibernation state. And I, yeah. I look forward to that. I'm great, you know, to be done with the blaring heat. And we literally have gone from 95 degrees to 50 degrees over the last two and a half weeks. And, and I'm thrilled, absolutely thrilled. Yeah, it's, it's definitely fall here, but it's a, it's a real, it's a really strange fall. It feels like its own weird new season of sorts. Yeah, but I, <laughs> hybrid season. I like, I like this, this does feel like its own time more so than like the halfway point in any other like cycle of the year halfway point, you know, like midsummer, it's just like, yeah, okay, it's hot. It's been hot. It's whatever. Um, The midwinter point is like right around Groundhog's Day. And it's like, yeah, we look towards spring, but like we're nowhere. I mean, here we're nowhere Uh near spring. Um, but here, but this time of year, it really does feel like this, its own thing. The, I, I like thinking of it as the dead time. Like what, what's coming to a thud and ending? Like what is, I mean, there's so many frames you can put on this time of like getting your affairs in order, not just for, I mean, in life, literally getting your affairs in order, but you're, you're approaching the end of the calendar year. You're approaching like the really cold time, the winter. So like, do you have your shit together for the truly, truly quiet time of winter? And that, you know, the reflection, prioritizing what you need to survive for a season. There's, there's so much richness in it. Um, And then also for me, the, the pretty typical honoring of not just the dead people who have died, but also what's, been shed over the year and what you know what concepts or relationships or you know it's not just the people who've died and ancestors but also like what else is dead yeah yeah I agree with you on that Brandy um and following the 
the calendar like that makes it so easy to do. Yeah. Definitely the, the runic calendar situates into the timing of it for me. And part of what I talked about yesterday on the, on the what in the weird podcast is how, you know, Hagalaz is this sort of between states rune. It's this between states experience. And the thing about being in that kind of tension, you don't get to be fully this, you don't get to be fully that. You have to get a coping skill. You have no choice but to figure out how you're going to do this. And so that that idea of get your resources together, see what you've got, see what you need, get them lined up now because winter is coming. That whole idea situates well into finding a coping skill for me. Mm-hmm. And, and figuring out which ones to drop because like uh-huh. we, we can only carry so many skills. We can only carry so many tools to like make the box still portable. So like, what have you been using that no longer serves you? So that you can pick up some, you know, like putting things down makes space for new, um, which is that it's interesting because that conversation or that theme has come up a lot for me in my practice in the past week of just sometimes you have to put something down in order for something new to be picked up because you can only carry so much. You can only we only cognitively can register so many relationships. Literally, it's been proven. We can only mm-hmm. retain so many connections to so many people. We can only hold so many ideas. We can only read so many books, you know, whatever. And it is a good time to kind of figure out where your resources are. What are you looking at going forward that you need, you know, to help you pick those resources? And with Hagalaz, which is the rune for this part of the year, for those who have not read Kelly's book. Hey, what's the name of, of your days. book, Kelly? Can you tell us about it? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, nice what? segue. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, the runic book of runic book of days. But um, I was going to say, Hagalaz um, is one. I remember my loose holding of the rune because it looks like a structure that you could hide under, with like the slant. It looks to me like a roof or like a, like a house with two chimneys and a slanted roof. So I always think of it as like a time to like take shelter, like gather your stuff and like uh, move into the little house that is Hagala. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. does for me. Like visually. Yeah. Cause I mean, the rune itself means hail. And so, you know, it, it carries this connotation of, external things that are beyond your control specifically change yeah. and that's weird you know because most of the runes are all about um this balance of what you can control and what you can't and so with this yeah. particular rune the thing that you can control is how you respond which is mm-hmm. you know how you cope how you deal with things how you prepare mm-hmm. yourself take cover yeah. literally yeah. and then and then like what do you have under that cover because like if you just take cover and you don't bring food you don't bring matches you know whatever the other things are you're not really meaningful you know you're just hiding exactly rather than taking shelter yeah you know you take shelter you're creating a place to stay you hide you're just finding a place to temporarily not be eaten eaten or pelted by hail i guess it's a better any of the above (laughs) the thing how are go ahead 
I was, that was a three-way yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, what, na- what nature spirits do you notice either this time of year or coming in this time of year that you don't notice during the sun's time? I know they they must be more diverse where you ladies are because you have more you have more winter. I think a lot about um, first of all, crows are still you know they're still here. They're still loud and proud, and they're, they're you know they kind of fit within you know the energy of Samhain and Halloween and all that. So um, I feel like that plays into a lot of the intentional work but I feel like this is the time of year that I connect to the part of the trees that's like the the tree bones you know like the leaves are starting to be stripped bare and I'm looking at the bones of this system that's growing quiet again and I feel like my relationship with the bare trees like as in naked b-a-r-e um (laughs) but my relationship with you know the like leafless tree leafless trees is a different one than the ones that are actively work when than when they're actively working I feel like my relationship is different and in some ways it's deeper because they're quiet they're not busy they're and busy isn't a really good word for I don't know it just feels like it's a different level of attention um and it's a different way to sort of experience trees so I, I feel like trees and in, in fall you know you have like the gorgeous dying of the leaves over time but I'm I'm really drawn by what's left that still stands tall and quietly and, and witnesses through the whole cold season too and I love the leaves as they are um, falling and as they are changing colors and to me it's like a dance that they're doing and there's music. There's like almost a celebration I hear with the leaves. Um, I don't hear it as much here in Montana as what I did in the Midwest um, because we don't have the same, what is it, deciduous trees? Um, but there are some here. And this, this fall in particular, it's the leaves skipped the red color and went directly to that um, golden delicious apple color, that uh, yellowish color. And yeah, us too. Pardon me? Us too. We did. We didn't really have, I didn't, if we did, I didn't notice it, but like all the, all the leaves have either already shed their, all the trees have already shed completely. Like the ones outside my office windows, but the ones I can see that still have leaves, they're all yellow. Yeah. Yeah. They just have turned brown. I mean, we literally stepped from mid, mid hot summer into like 50 degree temperatures the leaves aren't turning at all. They're they're just brown, and some of them have just fallen without even turning. They just fell, and the rest of them are just kind of brown. I have that fantasy love of the leaves, and we used to have that here. But over the last few years, this is the time of year that I have been more seasonally allergic, and it's specifically to decaying leaves, or at least that's what triggers it. And I've had this sort of catch-22 dance with loving it aesthetically, but also having to look through the window to see it as opposed to being out in it. Yeah. The thing that's fascinating here is as I'm looking out my window now, I'm seeing the leaves, I'm seeing the brown grass, and then in the distance, I'm seeing the snow on the mountains. So we're already getting that snow. 
I mean, not here exactly where I am, but you know, in higher elevations. There's been roads closed already and um, driver's warnings out already in, in some of the passes. Mm -hmm. I would love to yeah, hear we have how different people honor the season. I just feel like this one is the one that people are more likely to branch out and go cowgirl with, as opposed to feeling really shepherded into specific family rituals that they may not really personally feel connected to anymore. But it seems like this like seasonal transition, this cross quarter is where people really seem to individually, organically express connection to season. Definitely. And I, the other factor, um, I feel like for me too, is the first, that first sense of um, our relationship with fire as the thing that has largely kept us alive as a species basically i mean if we were living in the elements like we would not survive except for fire and this is like the first point in the year where i sense that like deep connection to the sacredness of that that like you know us as people we depend on it and it's also, I think how we, I, I also think of it as somehow like how we remind ourselves that the sun's going to return as well. And it, I mean, that's something I think about more going into solstice, but this is the first point in the year where I start to think about like, oh, I want to make a fire out back for yeah. warmth, not just to like burn a fire, but because it's cold and it's rainy and it's, you know, we're on the, on the very tipping point into maybe some snow in the next few weeks or whatever. And it's where I start to think of fire in that, like, let's all huddle around it or we're going to freeze to death kind of way. What saddens me about this time of the year is that um, I always feel rushed when I'm in the mainstream culture because we're going into the holidays. And I mean, yeah. holiday, at least that's what it is for me. And it, it just feels... I can't get my balance when I'm there. And so I'm very thankful to come back to my little mountain here and just, yes, look at the snow. Yes, look at the leaves. Yes, you know, do what I need to do to find that balance and that, that hibernation. Mm -hmm. I and I think there's the grief. Sorry. I, was say that. I think that is a big part of the self-care. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think it's on, I think that's part of what gets on. Maybe that's why this is such a prominent midpoint um between the bigger quarters of the year um because there's almost like culturally you know if you're even partly aware of it this is the point where like we know that from this point until the end of the year shit is going to be crazy and it's going to be hectic and it's not going to be intuitively led because if we were intuitively led as a culture we would be hunkering down we would be gathering wood we would We'd be preparing for a quiet season. And instead, I think there's a part of us that like part of the grief and what's, you know, dead for the next couple months is our connection to the natural cycle of the earth. Yeah. Like we're deeply disconnected from it from about this point heading into, you know, past New Year's. It's true. Maybe that's why we're so, why we're so grounded in this shift because, and it just gets deeply, deeply 
disjointed from here for me in yeah. terms of the pace and energy and just the bombardment. And it yeah. isn't nature-based. You know, the, the biggest right. part of the cold season here is yanking a tree out of the ground. <laughs> that is the biggest nature observation that we bring into this season. And we, we really could be doing so much more. Yeah. And should be. I mean, we've I, got, go ahead, Kelly. I just think ideally, you know, we need to be year round. It's not that easy, but, but we need to make the effort to be year round in making those nature relationship connections and, and sustaining them. Absolutely. And it, there's so much to combat to do that. It's like, even if you're, even though, you know, the three of us are aware of it and yet we're still going to have to struggle to find our way to it just because we're participants in the culture we live in. And in that sense, we can't help it because it's the culture we live in. No, you, you can't. And, and trying to work against that is wasting your energy. It's depleting all the self-care effort that you're making and building the system alongside it that you do want to pay into. I think that's where our focus needs to be. But it, it means you have extra, you know, it, it assumes that you have extra to, to cope and build that other thing at the same time. And, yeah, and, you know, that's why we need community. That's why we need groups who are devoted to mm-hmm. those same things. Yeah, I think it, it seems like otherwise we're just people who are scattered and then buried amidst, you know, the people immediately around us, just who are just like riding that train to Santaville. Yeah. And we're kind of isolated in it. Whereas if we could create a community around the slowdown, you know, what kind of shift could that bring? I don't know. So what are each of you doing for, to kind of wrap up, what are you doing for this time of year? Is there anything intentional, ceremonial, or otherwise? Yeah. Um, well, you know, at a, at a family level, my kids are young enough that they still want to dress up tomorrow and do the trick-or-treat thing. And so that's always exciting in a completely different way. But for me personally... October is the anniversary of my intuitive practice, Soul Intent Arts, and I have had major revelations just in the last few weeks about like how to redirect that and dropping some old identities and some old uh, ideas and processes. So that's that's what I'm going to be throwing in a fire some sometime in the next week and a half. That's what I'm going to be doing, too, with my business. It's already started, and it's like I have a pile of things that are going to be going and waiting for the springtime, which is exciting, um, to see what's going to be replacing that. It's a time of mystery for me. It's also a scary time because what I'm going to be releasing is what I've depended on for years, you know? And it's like, okay, well, I'm not that anymore. And now who am I? And who is coming in, so to speak, to help me? And I mean more than humans. I mean, you know, what? Yeah. I like that. I, um, I, we did the trick or treat thing on Sunday, which was fun, even though we did it in two hours of pouring rain. I didn't drown. So that's, that's good. Um, 
And then I, I always, I do the dinner, you know, the dinner by candlelight thing on Halloween. Just, I, I don't observe like Samhain on the, the astrological or the, you know, the other date, because I do, I also do national novel writing months starting on the first, mm-hmm. um, which I feel like is a, is, it is a fun, like frantic interlude, but it's based in like fun so it almost does kind of make me slow down in all these other areas where I could get overly burdened it kind of it kind of keeps me out of the the like holiday freight train um in a in a weird hectic lots of laughing and you know typing kind of way um but I do the you know the dinner by candlelight kind of put out a plate for those who've passed and then yeah I want I want to do some reflecting for me with my practice and with other ventures. I feel like I'm, I feel like what I'm putting down or shedding on that front is more around mindsets that are holding me back on what I can and can't do on what, on who I am and who I'm not. And kind of letting those things stay peeled away for a little bit so that I know what's, what I'm going to be wearing, what hat I'm going to be wearing later. Sounds good. All of it. Yeah. You it's know, this might be. A... Than it sounds hard too. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I think there's grief involved too. You, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, some of that grief has been long felt. You know, n- none of it is a huge surprise. But, you know, the getting down to it will still be a challenging process it's a sacrifice if it wasn't you wouldn't be doing it you wouldn't Mm -hmm. find the potential of what's on the other side of it worth going through the shit to let go and this this seasonal shift is shifting into the sacrifice that we make in order to live in the four seasons because i mean Right. People living in more temperate climates aren't having to hunker down. They're not watching leaves fall. They're um, so we sacrifice something, but we also gain this beautiful cycle that we live through each year too. So it's it's lovely. I mean, it, it, it yeah. literally is a pretty amazing thing to get to experience. Yeah. And all because the Earth got hit with some random thing millions and millions or gazillion years ago giving us that tilted axis it's so isn't it it's just i've i've reveled in that a lot this year around the idea that this planet like if we hadn't knocked into something like what would it be like right here right this might be premature to mention but it's been on my mind so i will um one of the things that we've talked about in the past the three of us is a word of the year and that's already been on my mind for next year. And I realize that that's, we're in a hibernation time, I am. Um, but there's still that, that little seed of growth that's what's up for next year? What's mm-hmm. that word for next year? And interestingly enough, yesterday I stopped at one of the local coffee shops drive through to get some coffee. And I was talking to the young man that was working there. And we started talking about the word of the year. And he'd never heard of it before. And now he's all excited to do it. Yeah. I can't, what do, what do we call it? And we've talked about that before and I can't remember, uh, not I, the word goal doesn't work for me. Well, I can't remember. Theme or, theme, theme, yeah. Yes. Thank you. I, um, 
I always pick that on the solstice. So it's not that far, Mm -hmm. you know, this is the time where it's sort of developing. And then I feel like I spend winter kind of exploring what it might mean, what it might be, letting it sink in. Um, But I I usually pick it in December. Um, What were your words this year, if you had them? Mine was rooted. And I feel like I have grown a shitload of roots. I didn't choose a word. Um, My theme was pretty much just coming back to basics. Like, you know, I was coming into this year trying to figure out what life was going to look like with the major health issues that started, well, culminated last year. And and my thought process was re-education. Like, I have to re-educate who I am, how I move in this body, and how I'm going to get shit done, and what is possible to actually get done. And so my theme was stripping everything back to the basics. And that's, it's what I've done, even in the places I didn't really want to. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. My word was um, forward motion slash stay still. And my goal was to learn how to live on the slash part of it, which has not been easy. Are you saying that? Yeah. Yeah. And I I want, I really wanted a different word and I kept asking for a different word and nothing came forward. And all I could do was, oh crap, I have to learn how to do this now. Hmm. Bear it better. Yeah. That was the phrase, bear it better. That was the phrase that I was like. Yeah, I remember that. Well. Yeah. And I think for me rooted, I've just gotten very, Yeah. um, it really did develop into this really deep grounding uh, like, fig- I mean, it, there's ancestral stuff in there. There's um, rooting all of the things that are, you know, different facets of my life and, and my action and, you know, what I explore, rooting them in a sense of why and for who and to what end and, you know, which branch, it, making sure each branch in my tree gets, you know, equal nutrients you know just there's there's so much that has gone into it around balance and not being stripped of you know having enough roots to support what I want to be growing and I feel like that really has come together in some pretty unexpected ways this year so yay for the expected yeah for the fucking unexpected Mm -hmm. yep all right so everyone Hope everyone has a quiet, reflective dead time. To space to space to give it some time and energy in whatever way works for you. And I am grateful to get to talk to you ladies about it. Yeah. And we will see you next week. Everyone take good care. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening this week. If you'd like more information on Kelly, Brandis, or Janet, or to listen to past episodes of our podcast, get some more information on our resource page, you can find all of those tidbits at everydayanimism.tumblr.com. See you next week.